main scripture, one body, one church, um, <coughs> baptism, one law. So we see that um, <clears throat> every week. So not necessarily preaching, but uh, I just wanted to highlight that. Um, but really preaching that entire chapter in a sense. I mean, the first, especially the first 16 verses. Uh, living wealthy, living wealthy, living wealthy. Some of us ought to be tired of living broke. <laughs> Allow me to just speak into your life right now. That God didn't intend for you to live broke. <laughs> you, you see, if you understood what I was saying, you'd be shouting right there. God didn't intend for you to live broke. God intended for you to live wealth. It's never once again, sometimes our definition of things can be narrow. Well, doesn't I say live wealth? It doesn't mean that you have all the money in the world that you need. It's greater than that because watch this: you can have all of the money you need and still be broke. Y'all yeah, don't <laughs> because if you broke up, you might as well be what broke. And you can have very little. Watch this. I believe the richest person in the Bible was the widow's mite who gave all that she had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not with me this morning. See, she was wealthy <laughs> in a sense. And so part of what I'm really preaching about this morning is that we've got to figure out how to live with wealth. We don't know what we have. And the question is whether we gaining access and using what we have in order to live out of what God has already done. It's, it, ultimately, it's knowing what you have that you're exposed for. Matter of fact, that brings me to a story. I uh, recently realized that I have a, uh, years ago, a few years ago, I signed up for an HSA account, health savings account. Most of y'all know what that is, health savings account through the medical plan. That offsets some of those expenses that when you go to the doctor and um, you don't have to pay, you know, uh, taxes on it. You put it in kind of, take, it's taken out, separated that way. When you go with your copay, it will cover your copay and all of this other stuff. And it's a health savings account. It's called an HSA card. And they give you a little debit card. So you separate your money out. So therefore, when it's time to go to the doctor, you just pull that HSA card out and it has money on there and you can use it. Well, I didn't realize that I hadn't used it in a couple of years and I realized that I had, uh, I had, I had an appointment coming up and I thought about this HSA account and I realized, uh, I was like, man, let me see what I have on this card. Wow. Well, to my surprise, I had quite a bit of money sitting on that card after about three years and then and not using it. I didn't realize that I had that much money. It made me think about the fact that I had gone to the doctor, paid out of my other money, not realizing that I had money designated sitting right there that I could have used. I had it, but didn't realize I had it. 
it was sitting there, but I wasn't using it. Sometimes I believe that's how we walk in church. Sometimes I believe that's how we are with God. We've got a wealth of things sitting there, but we keep asking like we don't have anything. Amen. That's what Paul is really talking about in this text. In other words, it's a sad thing when you have resources that are not utilized. You have resources that are not good. When what you have is not used, blessed, watch this, when you blessed, but you keep operating like you broke. That's a sad thing, church. Allow me to submit that knowledge is powerful. To know something, to know what you have, to know what's at your disposal is powerful, is a powerful thing. God has made available to us his riches, watch this, in glory. God's made that available to us. So it's important to know who you are and what you have so you can walk in. What you know should shape what you do. What you know ought to shape what you what you do. Which really brings me to uh, text this morning. Ephesians, Ephesians. All of Paul's letters contain a beautiful balance between doctrine and duty. In Ephesians, it's a perfect example of this, this doctrine and duty. The first three chapters deal with doctrine, and sometimes we don't want to hear about doctrine, but in a real sense, doctrine is important because doctrine defines what, what it is you believe. It's the standard that ought to govern how you walk. <laughs> and so doctrine are riches, it's your riches in Christ. While the last three chapters, Paul explains duty, our responsibility in Christ. The key word in the last half of the book of Ephesians is walk. It's walk. Ephesians 4, 17, and 5, and 2, and 8, and 15. It's all Paul is talking about how we walk. And then when we, as we shift, the, the, while the key idea in the first half is your wealth. It's what you've been given, what you have access to. It's your wealth. In the last three chapters, Paul admonishes us to walk, watch this, in four different ways. He says, walk in unity, purity, harmony, and victory. <laughs> Let me say that again. Paul admonishes us to walk in unity. That's 4 through 1 through 16. That's what we get. That hope. Be unified. And then Paul talks about purity in Ephesians 4, 17 through 5, 17. And then in harmony, he says, in 5 through 6 through 9. And then finally, he concludes uh, 6, 10 through 24 in victory. 
that you are to walk <laughs> in unity, purity, harmony, and victory. Yeah. See, that ought to be somebody's motto in life right there. <laughs> that you ought to walk what? In unity, purity, harmony, and victory. Uh, that's, that's, that's how we should walk. So these four walks parallel the basic doctrines Paul has taught us in the first three chapters. In other words, what you believe does determine how you behave. Wait a minute, let me say that again. What you believe does determine how you behave. I'm questioning, I'm wondering. So in other words, if it's not showing up in your walk, I question whether you really believe it. Because what you believe ought to dictate, once again, what you do. Your belief, watch this, is essential to your productivity in life. Uh, Paul, therefore, uh, two important words in Ephesians 4 and 1, Paul simply says, and points out, he says, therefore, and beseech. Therefore, and beseech. Uh, in, in the King James, therefore, and beseech. Therefore, qualifies. So when he opens up, he says, therefore, in other words, everything that has come before is impacting what I'm about to say now. So therefore, since you have all of this, uh, I beseech you to walk this particular way. Uh, Paul is essentially saying we are wealthy. Paul talks about the wealth. He said, therefore, <laughs> uh, I, in other words, therefore, I beseech you to operate that way, this way. That what you have, you have more than what you need. Allow me here just parenthetically suggest to the One Fellowship uh, that we have all that we need in this room to be successful. We have a wealth. Now we just have to what? Walk like it. <laughs> in other words, we need to walk like we have the wealth that God has already granted to. Now we just need to walk in what? We need to walk in unity, purity, harmony, and victory. Look at somebody and say, it's already in the house. Watch this. That means that you do your part to make sure there is what? Unity, purity, harmony, and victory. Uh, see, I'm just asking, did you bring unity, purity, harmony, and victory in here this morning? <laughs> you show up the church, you ought to bring what? Unity, purity, harmony, and victory. Or did you walk in the room with that? <laughs> That's what Paul said. We already have this wealth, this wealth, this wealth. We are already what? Rich in a real sense. Allow me to just break it down even greater. Paul, Paul says, Paul says in chapter 1, he says that we're called by grace. Watch it called by grace to belong to his, his body. In other words, you already belong. You already belong. You belong. You belong. Stop acting like you don't belong. Act like you belong. Stop acting like you're trying to find your spot, your place, that you become so territorial with everybody because you already belong. So act like it. Yeah. You know, that's part of your wealth. 
You know, then secondly, he says, secondly, in chapter 2, Paul says that our wealth is also raised, that we're raised from the dead, that raised from the dead, because if we if we believe in Christ the way we should and that he died, we also know that we rise with him. Amen? So that's part of your wealth. Uh, and not only that, thirdly, that we're reconciled with God. That's part of our wealth. And finally, he says in chapter 3, Christ's victory over Satan is the mystery. In other words, so that's our wealth that we have that we are assured of that. That's our wealth. And then, so now he shifts to how we should walk. Now Paul says in 4 and 16, walk worthy of your calling. You have this wealth. Now walk worthy of your calling. And then, secondly, he says, put off the grave clothes. That's, that, that's 4, 17 through 15. He says, take off your grave clothes and walk in purity. Stop walking like you're dead. <laughs> Stop walking <laughs> like you're defeated. <laughs> Walk like God has already done something. Stop thinking with this these bad attitudes and bad, bad mindsets. Walk like God has already changed you. Walk like God has already elevated you. Walk like God is able. Stop thinking like the world thinks. Take off them dead clothes and begin to walk like you're victorious. Stop allowing the world to influence you and you influence the world. Walk and take those clothes off. There's a certain way we ought to act when we come to church. But sometimes I believe we walk in here just like we walking in the, in the club. Stop, Pastor. It's just like just like me walking in the grocery store. Just like you walking in any other given place. And like there, it, there should be a certain kind of swag when you walk in church. There ought to be a certain kind of of you when you walk in church. There ought to be something that says Christ has lived, Christ has died, Christ has risen. There ought to be something about you distinctive. Look at somebody and say, take off those dead clothes. Some of us so dead, you got a stench everywhere you walk. Take off the dead clothes. Stop trying to do what dead things. Stop living in 1950 and 1960. Walk like Christ is risen. So, so, so Paul, so Paul says, walk that way, and he says, walk in harmony. In harmony. Ooh, that's a big one. Harmony. In harmony. Stop hating on each other. In harmony. Stop talking about each other behind your back. In harmony. In harmony. harmony. In harmony. Look, 
everything ain't going to be your way. Let me say that again. Everything is not going to be your way. Everything is not going to go your way. And you know what's sad? It's sad. I see it all the time. Church folk go home because they take stuff personal just because one thing didn't go their way. They just grab all their toys and they go home. <laughs> go home. Quick to go home. Just go home. Just because it didn't, well, well, it, just because that one thing, just that one suggestion, they, and, and, and boy, after that, you don't do it exactly the way they want you to do it, then boy, they're just mad and frustrated, yeah. just go home. Yeah. And harmony, harmony, look, look, not only he says harmony, but, but talk, but harmony has to do, we go back to what word that we're calling the unity, unity. Unity does not mean uniformity. Do you understand the difference between that? Yeah. It doesn't mean that everybody has to, to, to wear the same color suit. That, that we all wear the same color suit, the same color shoes. You know, we, that, that, that's uniformity. But we can still come in in our different clothes, in our different clothes, you know, in Christ. The only thing that's, we can come clothed in Christ in the way you look, in the way you act, in the way the gift that he's given you, and then all this and we work together, that's unity. That's unity. Paul, Paul is talking about, see, I want you to get this message because it's important. Paul is saying that you have a wealth of what God has given you that ought to show up in the way you walk. Watch this, he says, he says, so, so the wealth of what we have determines the way in which we walk. Look, to the Old Testament Jews, God said, if you obey me, I'll bless you. That's what he said to the Old Testament Jews, that if you obey me, I'll bless you. But watch this, what he's saying to us, you need to get this in your spirit. He says, I've already blessed you. What's your response? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've already done what needed to be done. Now I need you to respond. Whereas before with them it was what? Uh, if you obey me, I will bless you. God flipped the script and now he says, you know what? You're blessed. Now you need to act like it, walk like it, talk like it. Because I've already given you a wealth of it. You are already rich. You are already wealthy. You're not broke. Stop acting like it. You have everything that you need. You know, our response is to live like God is rich. Our response is to live like we got access to everything that we need. Our response ought to be that when you go on your job Monday morning and everybody else is acting act, acting crazy uh, and acting up, you ought to be able to smile and bring the spirit of the living God in the middle of, of all of the trouble. You, you're called, you are the salt and the light. That's the wealth of what you possess. You ought to act like it. You're already blessed. 
You're already wealthy. So now walk like it. God wants you healed and whole. Every now and then we may have to press, but God wants you walking. Paul said, matter of fact, Paul said to the Philippian church, I press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So you ought to have, you ought to have somebody in here ready to press. Somebody that believes that, you know what, I'm wealthy enough to keep pressing. <laughs> and I, I ain't stopping until I get to the riches of what God has for me that I'm willing to press because I already know it's there. I know I'm wealthy, so I can't accept just anything. I can't accept just being broken down. I can't accept being miserable all the time. I can't accept not being healed. So I'm going to press my way. Because I know I'm wealthy. <laughs> I know what he's done for me. I know that he's already opened up the windows of heaven and blessed me in a way. So I'm going to press till I see what I need to see from God. Trials may come, but I'm still going to press <laughs> because I know I'm blessed. Diagnosis may not be what I want it, want it to be, but I'm still going to what? Press. Broke, but I still press. You know, because here's the, here's the thing. I know it's just a matter of time before God opens up those windows of heaven and bless me. must live blessed even when we are encountering being broke. Watch this, because watch this, watch this. Because you being broke <laughs> doesn't break what God has for you. Oh, man, don't miss that. <laughs> you being broke does not break what God has for you. In other words, God ain't never broke you. Well, oh, somebody needs to receive that. <laughs> Just because you don't have no money in your pocket don't mean your God don't have no money in his pocket. And that means that if my God has some money, that means I got access to what my God has at all times. It's just a matter of time before I, he releases what I need in, in, in my life. And so as long as I know my God ain't broke, in a real sense, I ain't never broke. You know, whether y'all know it or not, that's how my daughter feels. <laughs> In other words, she knows that as long as her daddy got something, she feels like she got something. Amen. Y'all know about that, right? Amen. <laughs> so, we do our part to press. Paul said in the field, I press towards the mark of the high calling. We've got to learn to press for some things. Everything is not going to come easy. I believe sometimes that we quit, we quit God with ease. We really do. In other words, matter of fact, we'll stop, we'll, we'll back away from something, or oh, that must not be God because this, 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 it didn't come smooth, it didn't happen. 
smoothly. Uh-uh, just the opposite. I'm here to tell you. Oftentimes, it's, it's your, the greatest things you have achieved have come through what? Pressing. You had to press your way. And so oftentimes, the, the greatest things, the things that God has for us require us, you know, to press sometimes. There's a pressing that we must do in order to achieve the great things that God has in store. But we're wealthy, we're wealthy. In other words, God has given us a wealth. Watch this. God has given, has designed and created us in a way, and given us uh, everything that we need. That's our wealth because we have the strength to press. You were designed to press your way through things. You're designed to get through some things. You're already created that way. Yeah, so watch this, watch this. Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was at uh, the foot heels, uh, the foot, the foot of the Mount of Olives. So, now Gethsemane literally means oil press. It's what his literal translation is, oil press. This is what took place in Gethsemane. Olives were pressed until oil was produced. They were pressed till there was nothing left. You hear me? Nothing left. That's how hard the olives were pressed. So, so when Jesus said in Gethsemane, that was a depiction of what took place in Gethsemane. As he said in Gethsemane, a place where one is pressed until there is nothing left to give. That there is nothing, absolutely nothing left to give. As a matter of fact, Luke says, watch this, Luke says, if you read the Luke's version of this story, Luke says, he gave until his sweat were like drops of blood. That's scripture. That's in Luke's story of Gethsemane. It, it says that he gave until his sweat were, were, were like drops of blood. Now, doctors call that hematohydrosis. That's what doctors call that. Scientific name is hematohydrosis. Induced, and it says that it's induced by great stress, rupturing blood vessels near the sweat glands of the forehead because an appearance of sweating causes an appearance of sweating blood. It says that more than likely, watch this, you've never been that stressed. You've never been that stressed in your life, more than likely. But on this day, our Lord and Savior in Gethsemane and had become so stressed that his sweat, that he began to sweat blood or the appearance of blood 
bearing the responsibility of the world's salvation and needing to walk the final steps towards the cross, it happened to Jesus. He pressed until, watch this, watch this, I want you to get this. Jesus pressed in Gethsemane and ended up walking on his way to the cross. So Jesus sweating what was appearance was like blood. He was stressed, but yet didn't allow the stress to what get to him to the extent that he didn't do what needed to be done because he understood the wealth of what he had. And so he still pressed his way to the cross so that he could get to the resurrection. Oh God, I wish I had somebody help me. Because he knew that the end was not what through what he had to go through, but the end was something else, that that was a, a more glorious end. He had to go through, had to go down in order to come back up. So he had to press, but Jesus pressed, watch this, watch this church. Jesus pressed until the wealth of what he believed became the value of what was produced. Ooh, don't miss that. Don't miss that. He pressed into the wealth of what he believed became the value of what was produced. Ooh. Man, what you believe ought to get you through some things. Ooh. What you believe <laughs> ought to become the value of what's produced in your life. <laughs> God, I wish I had just a few folk in this church right now that was excited about what I was preaching. Uh, that it was the wealth of what he possessed that got him through the strain and the struggle of the moment because he knew that that wasn't the end. That was not the significant. What he was going through was not significant. The outcome was more significant. And his mind was focused on what? The outcome. Not necessarily what he was experiencing that moment. Sometimes we get too caught up in what we're going through at the moment that we don't see the victory down the road. Paul says that once again you are to walk in what? Victory. Victory has to be your ultimate goal. Matter of fact, you need to understand that you're already victorious through Christ. So even in your struggle, you should begin to press to understand that I'm oppressed to victory because I already have the victory. I know what I may have to go through, but I know that I've already been declared victorious, so I just keep what pressing and walking. So the wealth of what we have ought to cause you to walk a certain way. <laughs> it ought to have you walking. We have wealth. And now it's time to walk. What we believe should be seen in what we do. Don't talk it. Walk it. Stop talking scripture. Stop talking God. And start walking like it. You want to experience God's power, then walk like it. Walk like you're wealthy. Walk wealthy. Walk like you're rich. Walk like God has done something in your life and continue. And you can expect him to do something else. Sometimes we act like God moved in our life 30 years ago and he ain't never going to move again. Walk like God get ready to do something again in your life. 
your life. Walk like you know you're going to receive your next miracle. Walk like you already know that he's going to deliver you. Walk like he's, your breakthrough is on the way. Walk like it. Walk like it. Walk like you wealthy. Turn your head back. Raise your head up and walk like God is an awesome God. When, some, when you walk in the room, somebody ought to recognize God's presence walking in the room. Walk like you will to. Shout like you will to. Talk like you will to. Dance like you will to. Act like you. Time for God's people to live wealthy. Look at somebody and say, I ain't broke. I ain't broke. I'm wealthy. Declare your wealth. Declare your wealth. Declare your wealth. You know, they say that, 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 that the government has, what, so many undeclared, there's so much undeclared money that the government has. Y'all got some undeclared blessings in your life. You ought to be tired of moving around with your undeclared blessings. And you ought to be ready to say, I'm declaring everything that you have for me. I'm ready to walk in it. I mean, God has done something powerful. We are wealthy. You are wealthy. You are the richest people in the world. You need to start walking like it. I know what the world tells you. I know the world just told you that Bill Gates is the rich. No, you're not. See, that's, that, that's the, that is what the enemy does to you. It makes you believe that it's really somebody else. Doesn't want you to know what you have in your position. Gates is not the riches. You are the riches. <laughs> I need you to get that. You are the riches. Now it's time to walk like that. Walk wealthy. Walk like your God has something. Walk like your God has your back. Walk like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Walk like you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Walk like new every morning are his mercies in your life. Walk like you know surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Walk like it. Look at somebody and say, I'm wealthy. <laughs> Look at somebody else and say, I'm wealthy. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm going to live wealthy from this day forward. I declare everything that God has for me. Pull it down. Somebody ought to be ready to pull down God's wealth. They're like, pull it down. Pull it down. I'm wealthy.
children, man. Keep you away from what God has for you. God says, I know the plans I have for you. God, not to harm you, but for you to prosper. I know what I have for you. Walk like it, act like it. It's time to live wealthy in God. It's time. It's time. Those are the church. Hello, my name is Lorenz, and I am a choir singer here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our congregation online at onefellowshipumc.org. You can also like us on Facebook in order to stay up to date with the latest events and activities taking place in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others on social media so that more people can hear about what God is doing here at One Fellowship Church. Thank you and God bless.